Welcome to Nine Bob Note with Paul Isles Rush and Ken Moss. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Nine Bob Note. I am Paul. And I'm Ken. And guess what, Ken? It's the Coronation Special. Yes, Saturday the 6th of May 2023, the coronation of King Charles III, and we'll both be watching with bells and whistles. We will, yes. We've not had a coronation for uh, for a good few years. I don't I remember don't, the last one. I no. certainly don't, no. Mm. And it's a big thing. There's obviously people whinging about it and going on. I think we should maybe push them to one side uh, for the purpose of this episode because, because they're wrong. <laughs> well, you've brought it up, and I, I agree. Um, it's no secret to anybody that listens to this podcast that Paul and I are both royalists. And it's not, certainly not for me, it's not a question of doffing my cap and bowing and scraping and, oh, you're so much better than we are. I view the monarchy, as I've said many times before, as a stabiliser for the country because they are the ultimate backstop for a government. First and foremost, that is the function that the royals play. They don't just let a government get away with passing whatever crazy, insane laws they fancy. There's always that backstop of... No, we're not signing this into law. That's the technical aspect. The other aspect, which I absolutely adore, is all the pomp and circumstance and the standing and the celebration and the attention that it gets us around the world. They are a team of ambassadors that work day in, day out. They're certainly the senior royals, you know, once you get about uh, seven or eight down, they actually have to have jobs, but are, are, you know, proper jobs like in, in the grocery shop and selling <laughs> cobbling shoes and things. It goes on, I'm sure. But it's just all the ceremony and people do talk because invariably both of us have had to deal with or certainly surround, been surrounded by and seen people say, oh, it's ridiculous, all that money. Why should they have all this? As I've said before, take it all away. Let's just say we abolish the monarchy tomorrow. We would have President Sunak. Mm-hmm. Now, whatever you think of the, the current government, Not we could have had. Well, we could have had <laughs> President Johnson, <laughs> President Truss, and there's nothing to stop them. But what are you going to do with that money? I mean, the, the monarchy each year it costs in the region of uh, rounding up about three hundred and forty million pounds to the taxpayer a year. I think it's roughly in in that ballpark. Break it down as to what we get out of that. All the buildings around the country that attract tourism, and they do attract tourism, Mm -hmm. and these are our landmarks, our monuments, our history in physical form that is still used to entertain foreign dignitaries and used as ambassadorial residences. There's all the millions upon millions of people that come to the country every year just to stand outside Buckingham Palace and things and come to... Uh, royal events. So that brings it all. It gives us a standing and a weight of history around the world that no other country enjoys. Take it away. What are you going to do with that 330 million quid a year, 340 million quid a year? It would disappear into nothing. Yeah. We'd have nothing better to show for it. Absolutely. There is a lot to be said. I don't think that now is the time to be debating on the future of the monarchy. Mm-hmm. Uh, nope. <laughs> we, well, it's only ever going to go one way, yes. isn't it? With the, the loudest voices are only, no, 
get rid of and polish them all back Yeah, but then as you say, it, people always look at the figures and things like that, but it, they only look at one side of the figures mm. and it's the one that helps their their case. King Charles has, for 70-odd years, been heir to the throne. And yes, it's not hard work like most people go out and do hard work, mm. but it's not a job that I would have liked to do. No. <laughs> I, waking up every morning, every single day, to find that somebody else is telling you, the King of England, what you're doing that day, mm. and you can't get out of it. Ah, yes. It's the president of Botswana on Friday night. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's, it's, have I got news for you on BBC One? Well, I'm afraid there's eye player, sir. You, you are, you're going to this <laughs> seven-hour dinner. <laughs> Because that's what the head of state is there for. They are the head of state. It's not just this ceremonial, as I heard one person put it this week, Juggier's tin hat ceremony on. (laughs) Hmm. (laughs) There's so much more to it than just having posh dinners. And they don't just get up in the morning and, "Ah, what what should I do today? I think I'll just wander down the local WI and open up. (laughs) It's just so much more than that. Yeah, I mean, the Queen was unstoppable <laughs> yes she was she was working up until the day she, she died. died yeah but it's constant you don't get to choose what to do you don't get to say no you don't get to pick as you say who you go out for dinner with you have to sit next to donald trump and all manner of dictators and all kinds of things and because you're the head of state you have to be professional. You're not allowed to have an opinion on them. You're not allowed, or you're not allowed to express an opinion on them. And for somebody like King Charles, who's famously quite political mm. and you know has a flavour of the activist in him, that must be pretty tough because he's going to have to bite his tongue <laughs> quite a lot. But that's something he's he's always known he was going to have to do. Presumably, that's why he. Got quite a bit of stuff out there. (laughs) (laughs) Got 70 years. (laughs) Mummy's not going to die anytime soon. I've got 70 years. There has been a definite shift since Charles took the throne. The whole feel of the monarchy is, it's not been a radical shift, but it's definitely been a more modern approach to, Mm. and when William eventually takes the throne, it'll be, I imagine, a, a much Further shift when it's just an evolution of the monarchy. I don't think it helps. Not that I would have had it any other way, but I don't think it helps that it was the same way for 70 years. Uh, it didn't change. It, yeah. what the, and by the end of it, I mean, I only really thought this today. By the end of it, the Queen was actually quite detached from, I won't say modern life, but reality. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be too harsh. <laughs> Sorry, man. But... Once Philip went, she was very much on her own. Yeah. She was, and it felt like she was a, a level above, all on her own. It had always been her and Phil mm. up to that point. They were a team, a unit, the joint head of the family, the firm, if you like. <laughs> now it feels like it's back to that team again. Charles and Camilla, and you know Bill and Kath, they're out and doing. <laughs> the, <laughs> that's what they'd be called if they lived in the north. Absolutely. Bill and Kath Street Party. <laughs> But you've got the minor royals, you know, the, the, a bit lower down there doing a bit more. Edward and Sophie, they've mm. they've actually started Steps being up. a little bit more yeah. prominent. Now, even not that they didn't before, but they, they're now more prominently seen to be doing stuff. Anne, who is widely regarded as the most hardworking royal, yeah. 
She's exactly the same as she was before. Uh, she, well, it's never been very publicly... She doesn't publicise what she's doing, or it isn't publicised what she's doing. But she's always put the hours in. Yeah, she's rarely stops. <laughs> and I, I don't know whether that just goes to the fact that when Anne was born, she went straight to the bottom of the mm. aisle and stayed there. Obviously, the rules of succession have changed now. But yeah, I get what you're saying about the monarchy changing and becoming a more modern thing. Mm. There is there definitely a shift towards that. All of the like the pictures that are being released, the portraits of yeah. Charles and Camilla, they're not less formal. They're not like, you know, selfies <laughs> in front of Blackpool Tower or anything. <laughs> but they're more relaxed, aren't they? They they seem less less posed. <laughs> That's that. Maybe that's going to be the official one um, the, for the coronation. Hello, <laughs> my selfie stick. I think we might have missed a bit of an opportunity to get some of the moaners on board by maybe modernising the coronation a little bit. Obviously, when Queen Elizabeth II was crowned, it was televised, which was mm. a huge, a huge event. I, I was talking to someone at work who was saying that he had asked his mum about it and she said they didn't have a TV but one um, person in the street yeah in fact it was i think it was the the vicarage mm. at the you know the local church they had a TV and everyone from the village went round and just crowded around this tiny <laughs> screen but there was that element that that was something that hadn't been done before and I'm sure there will be elements in this coronation that are like that but then we have still got all the little, the traditions. I mean, the, the stone of destiny, mm-hmm. did you? <laughs> which, which it's come under quite a lot of ridicule. Uh, <laughs> but the nowhere tr- else would you have a stone <laughs> being blessed in Scotland and then paraded through the country to arrive in Westminster Abbey on the day of the, the coronation. The screen that Charles is going to be behind when he's anointed as the head of the Church of England has had a procession and been blessed by all kinds of senior Church of England officials. It wouldn't happen anywhere else because it's so bonkers and silly. But it's also really nice because it wouldn't happen anywhere else. And this is my point, that... It's like we said for the Queen's funeral, the snapping of the rod and the Mm. orb and scepter and the crown being placed on cushions. (laughs) If you break that down, it's very silly. But, (laughs) but, but, these are traditions that are, they're not something that's been done for the past 20 years. They've been done for the past thousand Mm. years. Yes. And you stop that, or we're not doing that anymore, that's silly. It is silly, but... So is Morris dancing. <laughs> There's very few British traditions that aren't utterly stupid when you actually look at them. But yeah, that's what makes us British. I mean, also, the Stone of Destiny. If you just said, you know, if Charles had said, right, we're not going to use the Stone of Destiny, who knows what horrific fate could have befallen the coronation? Who <laughs> like, does he want to risk that? Absolutely not. It does. You know me, I'm a big traditionalist. I like (laughs) ceremony and pomp Mm. and things like that because 
They are so rare now. And it's just a reminder of our heritage. And that is what, to me, the royal family, they are the physical embodiment of our history. It's a lineage that's carried on, you know, a thousand years. Whether you like them or not, the continuity is there. Take it away. You've got nothing. All you've got is the same system as anywhere else in the world. Mm. Let's just say we abolish monarchy. Okay, you've got 300 odd million quid. You'd spaff that up the wall in a heartbeat. We used to send net twice that amount to Europe every month. Yeah. And nobody ever batted an eyelid. That's not a a dig in any way, but it's just a fact. And the simple fact is, in the grand scheme of things, it's not that big an amount of money to keep a history going. Yeah. And as you say, the amount that it brings in, indirectly Mm. in terms of tourism in terms of just even this one thing for the for the coronation we've got friends in america who have been to their local they've got an english supermarket over where they live (laughs) is it quick save (laughs) they kept the kept the tradition alive it's very similar you know like we have the american candy stores over Mm. here that sell things you know ridiculous Packets of M&Ms for £25. <laughs> well, they have the English equivalent. And they have got in loads of coronation-themed stuff. So, you know, like the the Marks and Spencer's coronation tea caddy and all, you know, all those kind of things. I mean, that's not bring, it's not bringing in millions of pounds into the British economy. But there's all different kinds of things like that. Just people want to come here people want mm-hmm. to be part of it people people want to watch british tv programs because they think we're all like the royal family you know i mean as you say it's not a huge amount and there are so many other things that we spend a hell of a lot more money on that don't bring us anything but we're quite happy to carry on with that, such as high-speed railways. I was going to, <laughs> funnily enough, that was the thing that was in the back of my head, that it was going to, you know, however many billion pounds it's going over budget every day. Yes, but you can be able to get to London half an hour quicker, you know. <laughs> but only if you set off from crew, because it's not going but that's all right because that's 70 billion pounds that we need it we need it Everyone. that would have paid for the royal family for 240 years <laughs> he, he could have, he could have had the whole coronation with everyone decked out head to toe in 24 karat gold <laughs> <laughs> and it could have gone on for two years and it still wouldn't have cost anywhere near the uh high speed railing so yeah it is. It's about priorities, isn't it? Obviously, people will always argue that money could be better off spent elsewhere, but there's a lot of money that could be better off spent elsewhere. I, I just wish, and um, this week, local elections, and, um, well, I've been involved, shall we say, <laughs> in the local elections this time. But you hear people talking about things. You have no idea how <laughs> your money is spent. Wake up, people. Just wake up to... The tiny myriad of ways that your money is spent and dragged out of you and wasted, and you think nothing of it every day. Uh, You would lose sleep if you actually boiled it down. (laughs) But there's things that you pay for every day you don't even question. Yes. At the last count, I believe it was about 64, 65p per person per year Mm. it costs to have the monarchy. As I've said before, there's a quid to keep the change. Yes. 
our local council, our council tax, we pay something like £27 a year that goes to Penwitham Town Council. Uh, we don't live in Penwitham. <laughs> and it's literally, that just goes to pay for their Christmas tree and Christmas lights. <laughs> Uh, well, I've forgotten the word now. It's for parish councils. They have um Yes, oh, parish, parish. I can't remember the name of the word. Anyway, why on earth are you in LA paying towards Penwitham? I don't You're know. nowhere near. <laughs> no. No, it's a it's a slight quirk of the of the boundaries. But I mean, again, people don't really argue about it because they say, well, it's twenty seven pounds, it's just over two pounds a month. But you don't live in Penwitham. <laughs> we're literally getting nothing out of this. At least the 65p a year that we pay towards the monarchy gets us a king. <laughs> well, when you put it that way, <laughs> one of the questions that's cropped up is Camilla. Yes. Now, I don't know where you stand on Camilla. Um, I personally, oh, well, <laughs> it's only respectful not to stand on her. I do feel sorry for Charles that the ridiculous way the aristocracy worked in those days, it has shifted uh, quite a lot now, but the ridiculous way that he wasn't allowed to marry the woman he was actually in love with and it was a marriage of whatever it was to die yes to diana and etc etc whatever went on we'll never actually know the genuine details of what went on but he has finally married the woman he has been in love with his entire life it seems Mm. there is the question now of the title now logically in years gone by a king that's married his wife has been the queen yes and she is going to be known as Queen Camilla following the coronation, which I think is only right. She's known as Queen Consort now, which is the proper title for the, the wife, wife of a queen, to, a king to be. There's so much backlash that she shouldn't be queen. I agree that she should be yourself. Yes, I think, again, it's a tradition. It's not like Charles has turned around and said, ha, I've got my own way. She's going to be queen. <laughs> It is, the, you know, the Queen's mum, the Queen Mother, was called Queen Elizabeth when she was married to mm-hmm. George VI. And I don't see any reason. There, there was a lot of bad press of the Scarlet Woman stealing <laughs> stealing Charles from under Diana's nose. And, and obviously, as you say, we don't know what went on, but there were people in the wrong on all sides of the mm-hmm. thing. Nobody, nobody came out of it smelling of roses. But they have clearly always wanted to be together. Mm. They didn't sort of flaunt their relationship. Even after they'd separated and after Diana had died. It was about two years, I think. Yeah, it was a while, which I guess they maybe did out of respect for William and Harry. But she has, despite the fact that she's been openly hated (laughs) by a lot of the British public, she has gone out there. She's been by his side for years. She goes to all the engagements. She hosts events. Mm. She does a lot of public duties when she was just the Duchess of Cornwall. Mm. And so I think it's only right. They're legally married under the laws of the Church of England, which the royal family made up. <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just gloss over that. <laughs> I think also ju- making a point of referring to her as the Queen Consort Camilla, just to make a point she's not the real queen, is just a bit childish. So, yeah, Queen Camilla, welcome aboard. <laughs> and then there's the other elephant in the room. <laughs> Hazza and Mega. <laughs> I'm, I've been trying to pick through the bones of this. 
I, I can't decide whether it's a pure coincidence or a skillful bit of arrangement that it's fallen precisely on Archie's birthday, thus giving Megan a legitimate out mm-hmm. not to attend. Now, I know you and I have slightly different <laughs> views on, on Harry and Meg's. Mine is, is not favourable, I've got to say, particularly on the back of that bloody book, which I've not read. <laughs> on principle, I've not read. I do think, as I've said before, if you resign from a job, let it go. If you want to go and have your, your private life, brilliant. No, but you certainly won't be the first royals to do it. But go and have your private life, and but not to be very public about it. And then, well, where's my invite? So it's placed, I, I feel it's placed the royal family in. They've had to dance through a lot of hoops in order to be seen to be doing the right thing. No families enjoy falling out. I don't mm. care who, the, no families enjoy it. It's horrible. I am glad that he's coming. Yes, it would be a very noticeable gap and it would be sad if one of the sons was missing. Yeah. And I I hope that they take the opportunity to spend some time together and clear the air a bit. There's, there's obviously been a lot gone on and it's a shame because nobody wants to fall out with their son. No son mm. wants to fall out with his dad or his brother. I think Megan couldn't have done anything right. She's being criticised for staying away from the uh, from the coronation, even though she has said she doesn't want Archie to be on his own on his birthday. She would have been criticised even more for trying to steal the limelight from Charles and Camilla if she'd have turned up. I think, for what it's worth, she's done the right thing by staying away. Mm. But Harry is doing the right thing by coming along. And I don't think going on the Oprah Winfrey show or publishing a book was the right thing to do. I think they both got some really bad advice. But it's nice that he has recognised this is obviously a massive day for his dad. So it's nice that he has sort of said, I'm going to do this. Yeah, so let's just hope. The only problem is... All eyes are going to be on him. Whenever the camera's on him, and on, presumably he's going to be sat quite near to Bill and Kath. Yeah. All eyes are going to be on the body <laughs> language. It's, so yeah. if there was any part of him that really did want to disappear into the background, it's utterly failed. Mm. I think part of that, obviously, the the whole resignation is a, a completely different and that we could talk about for hours. <laughs> but I think a lot of it was... I think, I think, again, it was badly worded. They didn't want to retire from the public view forever. They wanted to be able to choose the terms on which they are in the public face, which is fair enough when you're getting newspapers printing lies about you all the time or ringing your estranged dad up to try and dig up some dirt or trying to get details of someone that you might have kissed on a school night 20-odd years ago. So I do get it. I don't think it's been handled very well by them. I do think that the royal family, or at least parts of the royal family have handled it quite well in that they've just sort of said we're not going to comment Mm. on this this is what's happened you know we acknowledge what they've said we're not going to comment on this let's just move on because it has died a death yes yeah uh which is the only way that what the public really wanted was a very public spat Mm, yeah and it would have tarnished everything about the coronation yes now dragging it back to the actual coronation day itself we're making a bit of a day of it. We are. We're having a tea party at home in the morning. 
and it's going to be cakes and sandwiches and the house will be decked out with union flags and we're watching it and then it's a trip out to sunny old Poulton the file <laughs> for a, a day out because you're you're doing something similar with your lot aren't you yes we've invited our parents round because this could be the only time we get to watch a coronation with them mm. <laughs> so you never know but we just uh, thought it just adds a little bit of something extra so it's not just us sitting watching the thing because it would have just been me and Casey <laughs> yeah. oh yeah. Stu not interested well in. he'll sort of be doing stuff around but he won't be mm. yeah yeah so we were gonna very similar a bit of tea some cakes maybe a glass of uh, fizz when the crown gets plonked on his on his head, <laughs> as I heard it, it, overheard it described in a garden centre in York a few weeks back, uh, Lord Wingnut's party. <laughs> Any reverence for the monarchy? <laughs> but I, bottom line, I am looking forward to it. Mm. It's again, it's just one of those national pomp and circumstance events we get so rarely nowadays. And it's a good... We've got a bank holiday out of it, for God's yes, sake. Yes, we have. We've got a bank holiday. There's the concert on the Sunday for those who might be interested, which um, it seems like it's going to be quite a huge thing. Mm. And yeah, there's just there's all sorts going on. People having street parties, all kinds. Look at it as a celebration yeah. of Britain yeah. rather than, oh, look at you, Lord Charles, sir, <laughs> you wonderful man. We must we venerate thee. Uh, and I also know that it's been horribly misquoted. We should all pledge allegiance. <laughs> yeah. That was a dreadful, dreadful misquote that the media have picked up and, and run with. It was nothing like that because no one's ever going to say you should pledge allegiance to the crown and looking <laughs> No. no one's ever going to do that. That was a dreadful, it was taken wildly out of context. And uh, and that's now being used by the anti-royalists. But just celebrate for once. Can you get on board with celebrating Britain? Yes. Yeah. We had the platy-jubes last year and people seemed to get on board with that, didn't they? So, yeah, as you say, enjoy your day off work. If you don't want to watch it, you don't have to turn the TV off. You know, are you normally watching TV at 11 o'clock on a Saturday morning? Because most people aren't. Just enjoy it for what it is. But we will be raising a glass to our, our new king at some point on Saturday and probably throughout the rest of Saturday. <laughs> to the king. To the king and queen. Bob Node featured Paul Isles Rush and Ken Moss. Title music was by Mark Scheiman, and the program was produced by Maverick Productions. For more information, please visit maverickproductionsuk.blogspot.com or find us on social media.